بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم This is the continuation on the explanation of the salah described and this is class number 11 We have finished with the posture of ruku' and Now we're going to talk about sujood. So after standing up from ruku' and saying the remembrances which we mentioned in the previous class, the musalli should be aware that he should not rush for sujood before he stays tranquil in the standing position because the one who does not fulfill the tranquility in the standing position then his salah is nullified because this is a pillar ruknun min arkan salah a pillar of the pillars of salah after words the musalli yakhirru mukabbiran sajida goes down for prostrating saying Allahu Akbar Allah is greater and this came in the hadith when he wanted to perform sajda he would say takbir and perform the sajda whether he raises his hands with takbir or not upon going for sujood then there is a difference of opinion about this matter there is a report however by Nasai and Dara Qutni with Sahih Isnad that sometimes he would raise his hands when performing sajda and that this has been reported from some of the companions a number of the righteous predecessors considered this to be correct and from them Ibn Umar Ibn Abbas and Hassan al-Basri Tawus and his son Abdullah and others there are seven limbs on which he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would prostrate and he commanded this as well alayhi salatu wa sallam and in the narration by Ibn Abbas umirna an nasjud ala sab'ati a'zum أو أعضاء على الجبهة وأشار بيده إلى أنفه والكفين والركبتين وأطراف القدمين We have been ordered to prostrate on seven bones on the forehead and he indicated by moving his hand 
around the nose the hands and in one narration the palms the knees and the toes the nose follows the forehead in ruling and that's why the Prophet ﷺ pointed to it and as to the manner in which he goes down should he go on his knees first or on his hands first this is a matter of difference of opinion amongst the scholars and it is of the type of tolerable difference the Prophet ﷺ used to say when a slave prostrates seven limbs prostrate with him his face, his palms, his knees and his feet and in the posture of prostration the musalli would rest his forearms on the ground as came in the authentic sunnah however he would raise them above the ground and keep them away from his sides separate his hands from his sides and the Prophet ﷺ used to do that and it is described that he would raise them above the ground and keep them away from his sides such that the whiteness of his armpits could be seen from behind and in one narration such that if a small lamp or kid wanted to pass under his arms it would have been able to do so and this even drew the attention of the companions they felt sorry for the Prophet as in one narration كانوا يرقون له من شدة مجافاته صلوات الله وسلامه عليه as in the hadith narrated by Abu Dawood the companions mentioned we used to feel sorry for the messenger وسلم, because of the way he kept his hands away from his sides and he وسلم, did that and he ordered when you perform sajda place your palms on the ground and raise your elbows and be level in sujood and none of you should spread his forearms like the spreading of dog in one narration like a dog spreads them and in a separate hadith none of you should rest arms on the ground the way a dog rests them however there is an exception for this separation of the hands from the sides and this is if the musalli is in a congregation and he fears that he may hurt his neighbor then it is not recommended because of the harm inflicted upon the neighbor and that this separation is a sunnah and causing harm the least of which is disliked and a matter which is disliked and hurts and interrupts his salah 
taking away from his concentration in order to perform this separation of the hands this is not recommended and that's why the ulama rahimahullah rahimahumullah mentioned as long as he does not cause harm to his neighbor and it should be known that if you leave this sunnah so that you don't harm your neighbor and Allah knows your intention then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will write for you will record for you its reward because the person if he relinquishes an action for the sake of Allah Allah will give him something better even to the extent that if he relinquishes it without choice without his choice like in the hadith narrated by al-Bukhari من مرض أو سافر كتب له ما كان يعمل صحيحا مقيما as in the hadith in al-Bukhari in volume 4 whenever a slave a believer falls ill or travels then he will get written to him or to his accounts the reward similar to that he used to get for his good deeds practiced at home when in good health can the person make sujood on a barrier and this barrier other than the parts of sujood we mentioned earlier this may include the garment a head cover and any other barrier which is of the same kind as the ground, the earth or different, of a different kind as long as it is pure this matter of barriers the people of knowledge classified the barrier into two types the first one the first type is that which is attached to the musalli that which is attached to the musalli to the one praying the ruling concerning this this is disliked unless there is a need it is disliked to make sujood on it unless there is a need example for that which is attached to the musalli is the garment or a clock or a head cover like the ghutra and the like the evidence for this is the hadith of Anas bin Malik may Allah be pleased with him and Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in Al-Bukhari it is in volume 1 hadith number 382 
he, Anas bin Malik radiyallahu anhu said, kunna nusalli ma'an nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi shiddati al-har fa'idha lam yastati' ahaduna ay yumakkin jabhatahu min al-ard basata thawbahu fasajada alayhi he said we used to offer the prayer with the Prophet ﷺ. And some of us used to place the ends of their clothes at the place of prostration because of scorching heat. So therefore, his saying, if the one of us could not firmly put his head forehead on the ground then he would stretch the ends of or put the ends of the clothes of their clothes on the place of frustration because of the scorching heat so here it's obvious that they didn't do this if they were able and his saying his saying that they couldn't do the prostration because of the heat indicates that putting this end without a need the end of the clothes as a barrier without a need is something disliked this is the first type and it's ruling the second type is إذا كان منفصلا if the barrier is separate then this is okay and there is no harm and it is not disliked because it is affirmed that the Prophet ﷺ prostrated on a khumrah on a mat made of leaves of date palm trees because the Prophet ﷺ it's affirmed that he prostrated on a khumrah a mat made of leaves of date palm trees that accommodates the forehead of the musalli and his palms only there remains one type which is forbidden obviously using any part of the parts of sujood then sujood on it is unlawful it is khumrah khumrah as to the part which is separable or separated the people of knowledge caution that it is disliked to have a special barrier for the forehead only it is disliked to have a special barrier even we're talking about the separate barrier of course to make sujood on it by the forehead and they reasoned 
that this resembles the way of the Rafidah in their Salah because the Rafidah take this as a matter of worship they take a piece of clay they make it from the dirt from the Najaf area in Iraq around Baghdad or in Baghdad the Najaf so they make this and they put their forehead in sujood on it and that's why you find at the doors of their places of worship special cupboards filled with these stones whenever the person would enter will take one to prostrate on it and some think that it is not permissible to make sujood except on something which is of the same type as the earth and therefore they concluded that it is not permissible to prostrate on other than the kind of earth even from the leaves of date palm trees while we know that the Prophet ﷺ himself prostrated on that as in the hadith reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim volume 1 hadith number 377 377 and in this hadith the hadith of Anas bin Malik he said that his grandmother Mulaika may Allah be pleased with her دعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لطعام صنعته له she invited Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم for a meal which she herself had prepared فأكل منه he ate from it and said ثم قال قوموا فلأصلي قوموا فلأصلي لكم Get up I will lead you in salah قال أنس فقمت إلى حصير لنا أنس added I took my حصير this mat قد سود من طول ما لبس washed it with water as it had become dark because of long use فنضحته بماء فقام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وصففت أنا واليتيم وراءه and Allah's messenger stood on it and then the orphan and I aligned behind him والعجوز من ورائنا and the old lady ملايكة 
stood behind us. فصلى لنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ركعتين ثم انصرف. And he, Allah's Messenger, led us in salah and offered two rak'ah and then left. Now, the sujood on these seven bones is mandatory in all the under the condition of prostration meaning the person cannot lift up one part during sujood whether it's a hand or a feet or a nose or a forehead if he does this during the entire condition of the sujood prostration then in this case his sujood is not valid because in this case the number of seven bones became diminished but suppose during sujood the person feels an itch in his feet in one of his feet and he itches it with the other feet by the other feet it may be said that his salah is invalid because he abandoned a rukun by scratching it with the other foot and it may be said still that it is permissible because overall he is still considered prostrating on the seven and therefore the precautionary thing is let him be patient until he finishes the salah case suppose the musalli is unable to perform the sujood on some of the parts or by some of his parts here we have a foundation it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-taghabun chapter 64 verse 16 فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of your ability. And also the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إِذَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِأَمْرٍ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ if I command you to do something, then do that which you are able to do of it. So suppose that he may have a wound in one of his hands, such that he is unable to prostrate on it. So let him prostrate on the rest of the parts because of the evidences in these foundations. And suppose he had done a surgical operation in one of his eyes and he was told 
don't prostrate on the ground then let him bend to the best of his ability and put on the ground from the parts of sujood he is able to put suppose a person is unable to bend then it is not binding upon him to make the sujood however if he is able to incline or move slightly then he moves to the best of his ability as much as he can in the direction of sujood and if he is able to put any of these parts on the ground then let him do so and the wisdom of sujood it is from the perfection of worship to Allah and humbling oneself to him because the person puts the most most noble of himself and his face this is his face along that which is lowest of his parts and that is his feet and he puts the face on the ground upon which people's feet are placed he puts all of this as a worship to Allah and as a means of nearness to him and because of this humbleness and humility the person becomes in a state most close to his Lord and anyone who humbles himself to Allah Allah lifts him in honor this is the secret and wisdom behind this sujood and that's why one should prostrate his heart before his body parts meaning he should feel this humility and this humbleness to Allah so that he really attains the enjoyment of sujood and its sweetness and knows that he is in the most upper closest position most ever to Allah and this is a matter which is unfortunately remembered only by the few the few who prostrate their inward and make their outward prostrating in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet our Shaykh Rahimullah Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Utaymeen swore saying وَإِنِّي وَاللَّهِ verily by Allah وَأُشْهِدُ اللَّهِ and take Allah as a witness أَنَّنَا لَوْ أَقَمْنَا الصَّلَاةَ كَمَا يَنْبَغِي if we establish the salah as it should be 
لكنا كلما خرجنا من صلاة نخرج بإيمان جديد قوي every time we leave a salah and finish it then we would come out with a new renewed iman strong and new because Allah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-ankabut in 29 45 salah إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Recite what has been revealed to you of the book and perform salah. Verily, our salah prevents from great sins of every kind, unlawful sexual intercourse, and munkar, every kind of evil, wicked deed. He added, لَكِمْ نَسَلُ الله However, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yu'amilana bi'afwih that he treats us by his pardoning. We enter the salah in a state of heart and leave in a different one. And leave in rather the same one. Because we don't bring therein to the salah the humbleness and submissiveness of the heart and we don't bring in the contemplations regarding all these movements and these remembrances which revolves between the citation of the Quran and the praising and magnification of Allah and his takbir and his invocation and describing him with the most perfect attributes but we are negligent regarding the fulfillment of these matters and it is reported in the hadith reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade the fire from burning the parts of sujood and this concerns the disobedient believers who may be admitted to the hellfire if Allah does not accept if Allah does not forgive them and if they don't have good deeds that outweigh their bad deeds and outnumber them then they may be punished in the fire of hell to the extent or in accordance with the degree of their sins however these parts of the sujood are respected not burned by the fire of hell we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save all of our bodies and souls from the torment of hell. In the state of prostration, the Musalli 
separates his abdomen or belly from his thighs lifts it above the thighs as well as lifts the thighs from the chins and levels himself in sujood and also separates his knees meaning he does not join them together and eases himself in sujood as to defeat some of the scholars are with the opinion that the musalli separates the feet keep them apart because they are they follow the chins and the knees however what is apparent from the sunnah is that the feet are to be held together as reported in the Sahih from Hadith Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha when she missed the Prophet والسلام, and searched for him her hand fell on his feet while he was making sujood and one hand when it falls on the feet on both this can only be when they are brought together and as to the position of the hands in the sujood the Prophet ﷺ leveled them with his shoulders and sometimes leveled them with his ears this is the posture of sujood and as to what is said in the sujood this will be the topic of the next class Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam